This is Stuff OSU Should Know. Welcome to Stuff OSU Should Know. I'm Zach Call, and this is our Student Spotlight Edition, where we highlight specific students who do extraordinary things during their time here at OSU. Today, I'll be talking to Austin Patton, Thomas Campbell, Rachel Kim, and Dalton Dyson about their ATM business and their involvement in a cryptocurrency startup. Now, let's talk to the group and find out more about what they do. So let me just get a couple of y'all to tell me about where you're from, why you came to OSU. Just tell me about yourself. Okay, I'll start off. Uh, my name is Austin Patton. I'm from Enid, Oklahoma, so not too far from here. Um, I wanted to come to Oklahoma State because I know they have a good, uh, the business building's new, and I'm accounting and finance major, so it just worked out for me, and it's obviously close to home. Uh, my, name, oh, you know, my name is Dalton Dyson. I'm also from Enid. Like I said, we met each other in high school. Um, I'm an ag business major, and I actually came here originally to walk onto the football team. That didn't work out, so I'm, but I'm actually glad I'm here because everything happens for a reason. And so here we are. Yeah. My name is Thomas Campbell. I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and grew up in Lawton, Oklahoma. And uh, I'm a finance major, and you know, just wanted to come to Oklahoma State because I thought it was the, one of the top universities in the state, and it had a great atmosphere and environment. There you go. My name is Rachel. I'm from Korea. My Korean name is Young Long, and I'm studying in educational leadership program as a PhD student. Okay, cool. So it sounds like most of y'all came because you were from around here, business-related. Um, so tell me about how y'all got involved in like this ATM business and yeah, how so, that came about. Yeah, so Dalton and I, we were trying to do a few different types of business ventures. We started off, you know, trimming trees, uh, and even before that, we had a lawn mowing business. So we've kind of been just trying to uh, develop and evolve into better businesses that make more and more money for the work we put in. So we went from mowing lawns to tree trimming, and then we tried the wholesale houses where we get, we get someone under contract, and then we flip the contract to someone else that is going to fix it up and then do all the work. So from there, we thought, well, what, what else can we do to make money? And uh, the ATMs are something where we just have to get them under contract, and then it's residual income, so it works out really well that we can scale up and not do a lot of work per machine. So that's what brought us to the ATM business. Cool. And so are y'all's ATMs different from other ones, or y'all are just kind of – explain to me how that kind of works. Because I know, like, for me personally, and I think most people, like, we see an ATM, and they all look the same. So Right. So most ATM businesses are the same, uh, but we're trying to stand out and develop an ecosystem where not only do people use our ATMs, but we also drive traffic to their businesses. And that's, you know, the differentiator in this business. Um, we use the same models as most other people. We use the Halo 2, um, Hyasung. Yeah. Hi. And then, uh, I mean, from there, it's just the model of the machine and we get into dispensaries and bars and clubs and just develop that relationship and then through our social media and other advertising techniques we draw business to them because then in turn they get more use out of our machine which makes us more money on the the back end right yeah so starting off the business model is, is pretty similar to what other atm machine companies are doing or other atm operators um, but we plan like here in the near term and long term to differentiate ourselves by like driving foot traffic to the locations where our atm machines are located and maybe in the future we'll sw swap them out for cryptocurrency ATMs where you could use it like a regular ATM but if you wanted you can do something with Bitcoin or whatnot. Yeah so to, uh, to bounce off that, um, that really is our long-term play. We get the real estate under the machine uh, because then you know in year two and three and maybe even four uh, we'll have that relationship with the business owner and 
will go from cash machines to cryptocurrency machines whenever it becomes more uh, widely adopted. So that's going to be another differentiator for us in relation to like other ATM operators because they're most likely, I mean, probably going to just stay the way they are and we're going to try to evolve. So we think that's going to stand out. So can you tell me a little bit about cryptocurrency? Because I know like, I hear people talk about all the time, like, oh, I'm going to buy Bitcoin or this and that. And like me and none of my friends, like we never actually do it. We talk about it a lot, don't really know what we're talking about. So can you kind of just explain what cryptocurrency is and how it works? Yeah, like the thing with crypto that makes it different, a lot of people just look at it as like a digital or online money. But, you know, the money we use now is already digital and online. So really what separates like Bitcoin is like the custodianship or like the ownership. So, for example, if you have like U.S. dollars, most of the time it's in the bank or it's, you know, in Cash App or whatever. So you don't really, like, you control it, but you don't necessarily own it. So, like, if it's in the bank at, like, Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase is, like, you know, controlling your funds, like, behind the scenes. They might be making trades, like, equity trades, you know, in the market with your money. Um, and for you, you know, you just check your bank account online and see, like, okay, I got, like, a thousand bucks in the bank or whatever, and that's what you know. But actually, they're using your money. And, uh, like, the difference with Bitcoin is you're actually in possession, like, 100%. So no one can take it from you. No one can, like, censor you or control how you use, like, your funds. So for me, that's kind of, like, a big standout thing because you want to have control, and that's, like, power, you know. So would you recommend people or especially OSU students to try to tran to <coughs> transfer their funds into a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin? Or I mean, does like, it not really affect start, Starting off, I, I would absolutely recommend like putting some money. Of course, don't put like, you know, all your money into like one basket or whatever. Like for me, I, I, I'm, I'm always into trading stocks and I, I got money in crypto too. So, you know, just spread your, spread your eggs out in different baskets, I guess. Because if one takes a hit, you're not taking a big loss. Okay. And is cryptocurrency something that, like, if I go to the store to use my debit card, can I still just use it just like how I use it now? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, when, when you said use debit card, like, the user interaction or the way we interact with money has the potential to change in the future, too. So that's something to consider. Like, in places like China, like, in the bigger cities, it's so evolved and advanced more than what we see here in the U.S. Like, they don't even use cash and cards anymore. There's, there's like using QR codes on the phone so like they can do everything from their phone and uh, that's kind of how like crypto works already like if you if you and I want to transact like Bitcoin or Ethereum you know I, I could show you a QR code from my wallet and then you'll just you'd scan the QR code and send me like Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever so I mean it's really similar so being from South Korea would you say are we behind this trend like is this something that South Korea is already like done a lot of and we're kind of behind or about bitcoin yeah like the whole cryptocurrency or thing just money, mo money how we just yeah money in general like, like in korea when i send the money to like to my friends it just take one second and then my friend's gonna get and then when i ask like refund refund at the store when they come i mean when they give me money like at after one second i'm gonna get refund money right away so it's kind of like instant Okay. process but here i realized it sometimes it takes like three days or five days yeah venmo's it's <laughs> yeah, so like three I'll, and five days so. yeah, so, yeah, so like, right yeah, yeah so i was gonna say like like the if you look at like the u.s and korea and china we could say like china's kind of in the front of like 
uh, technology and how, how they interact with like money and stuff like that. And then Korea is kind of like right behind them. And then the U.S. is like behind the curve on that. So like in Korea, you know, my, I first went to Korea in like 2016 and I bought some shoes and I brought it back to the store to like get a refund and I swiped the card and I asked her how long does it take for the money to come back on the card because I'm used to like stuff here it could take three to five days or sometimes like two weeks or something and the lady looked at me kind of confused and was like it's already there and I was like what do you mean it's already there so just like everything there is faster and like here if you want to you know transfer funds from one bank to another I don't know if it's still like that but I think it takes like three to five days mm -hmm. and then they charge like kind of a high fee but in Korea like the fee is super low and then the transaction is like pretty much instant okay and did you say y'all have an app that people can use, or? Uh, that that's for another startup that I'm working with. So you know we're we're involved in like a couple of different startups, like Austin said, trimming trees and ATMs and like crypto stuff. So uh, the app is is uh, is it's about the other startup that I'm involved in. Okay. It's called Captive App, and um, what Captive App is is kind of like Pokemon Go. It's an augmented reality app. But we're taking like cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and integrating it with like augmented reality. So we can drop something like a Bitcoin in augmented reality in a specific location. And so the, the play for that is like it's actually advertising. So like, um, you know. People, people are going places like trying to collect like Pokemon Go. I remember when Pokemon mm -hmm. first came out, and like a lot of people was like just trying to collect the Pokemon or whatever. Right. <clears throat> and so like in Japan, I was in Japan when Pokemon Go first came out, and there was like swarms of people everywhere, and they was just trying to like collect a little Pokemon. But what was happening at that time was like local businesses that had nearby pokey stops where all these people were going their like sales were increasing just because of the increased foot traffic because people wanted to collect like pokemon but we're making like something similar but where they can collect like uh digital currencies and then that they could actually use to like buy stuff or change it out for dollars or whatever and then um with that it enables like a platform or like an ecosystem where we can create like a peer-to-peer -peer ecosystem for uh, advertising. So like how in the same way Uber and Airbnb like minimize the middleman, like we're, do, we're wanting to do that same thing for like advertising. So for example, uh, Uber, it kind of like cut in, cut in on like taxi companies. Right? right. They connect to like drivers and riders. And so it's like a peer-to-peer -peer ecosystem and it's, beneficial for both the driver and the rider because you know the driver can make money and the rider can save money over like utilizing a taxi company so what we're saying is like in the same situation for advertising like a company like nike or samsung if they want to advertise and let's say they got like a million dollar advertising budget they'll give it to google and then google will put that in their pocket as revenue and then they'll blast the ads like on youtube or something right right and so for the consumer it's not that beneficial because they're being forced ads and you know you're just going to skip them anyway after four seconds right mm -hmm. and then for the company that like it's not really beneficial for them because they're just basically throwing money you know away and then like <clears throat> I think the statistic is like three to five percent engagement on like advertising or whatever. So what we're saying is like take the same advertising budget and make tokenize it, like make it 
you know, a digital currency that's on the blockchain and then drop it in augmented reality. If so, if you're Nike, drop it like near a Nike shop in the Outlet Mall or, you know, in the Penn Square Mall or whatever. And then it'll drive like people to those locations. So like that advertising budget, you know, it's driving foot traffic and it's going back into the hands of the consumers mm-hmm. instead of like the middle party. You know what I mean? Right. That makes sense. So I see how it benefits the stores and the consumers. How do y'all make money in this process? So we're we're not really like trying to make like a lot of money off of it. I mean, of course, like intermediaries that like oversee platforms, they, they can still make money, you know, like from little transaction fees and stuff like that. So for us, um, we just want to like make a cryptocurrency and a platform that's adding value like to businesses, advertisers, and then consumers. And if we're holding some of those tokens, I mean, you know, we'll make money off of that when it comes mm-hmm. up in value. And so is any of this stuff that you're talking about, is this like, so that you're looking for patents for, or is this something that other people can do and they just don't yeah for the most part everything we're doing is stuff that other people can do you know mm-hmm. maybe yeah we have we're taking opportunities that other people think are impossible so when we started the atm business a lot of people were like i thought only banks could have atms and you know we're here to say that's not true there are a lot of independent providers of atms and it's just you know going out there and doing it a lot of the companies that are independent though they just stay quiet because they don't want people to know about you know, the opportunity that is available uh, to people that take the initiative. Uh, and then I want to say something back about the Captive app. Uh, so that has real-world uh, application to our business of Mont Capital Partners because whenever we go to cryptocurrency machines, he can place these augmented coins at our locations, and that drives foot traffic to our machines. So then that uh, raises the awareness for cryptocurrency and allows people to you know, uh, go from the app to buying cryptocurrency at the machine, which obviously makes us money on the back end, uh, transacting that, you know, whether they buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, whatever other Litecoin or altcoins, excuse me. Um, And that's just adding value from him to us um, as two separate businesses working as one. So that's why he's a really good member of the team. So is there anything that OSU as a whole, either the students or OSU faculty or anything like that can do to help y'all? Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that the school is already doing a great job, like having events like hackathons and business plan competitions and stuff like that, because I like just from my perspective in general, when people can come together in groups and like, you know, uh, share ideas with each other and bounce ideas off of each other, that like is a really productive, creative, like good producing, you know, environment. Yeah, the Riata Center has a lot of good resources, and we've been in there a few times talking to a lot of the professors that run that. Uh, we want to get into that business plan competition, as Thomas said, uh, in January of 2020, and maybe from there we might be able to join the Riata Center with our business, but obviously that will be after we have a few months of transaction history to show that we are a viable business. Okay, cool, and then so if a couple of y'all or all y'all just wanted to say, like, why you enjoy doing this, what, what you get out of it as far as enjoyment and what makes you keep wanting to do it. Because clearly this isn't like a requirement for your major or something. You're choosing to do this in your free time. So Right. I mean, so free time is the word. Uh, a lot of people have free time and they choose to spend it, you know, partying or doing whatever they want to do. But I like creating businesses. I like adding value to people's lives and doing what I can to make the world a better place. And uh, I think with a business like the ATM business, it's easily scale- scalable and we can really add value to uh our business owners' lives and their businesses. And uh, touching on like the topic of time, 
and it's something that like Austin kind of hit on. Um, I look at like the world and like making money and making a living or whatever in terms of like time and how, how to maximize the use of your time. So like most people, myself included, like kind of grow up or are trained thinking like, okay, I can tra trade my time, like one hour of my time for like a, a price, like $20 per hour. So whenever you're making a salary or a wage or whatever, you're trading like one hour, one unit hour of that time for like a set amount, you know? And I wanted to, I, I think it's valuable for people to consider like their time from a different perspective. So you can like invest your time into something like, you know, music, if you're good at music or writing, if you're good at writing or business creation, if you're like, if you enjoy making stuff. And so like, that's why I appreciate doing what we're doing because you might spend some time making like two or three businesses and you might not be getting paid an hourly wage right off the bat in the first three months. But like over time, you know, you might be producing like a hundred or $500 an hour or whatever, just depending on like, you know, depending on what companies you're doing. So like Austin said, the ATM business is scalable. You know, you, you don't have to put a lot of time into it. I mean, you just put some money up, buy some machines, put some cash in it, drop it in some like stores and stuff. And if you got like, let's say 10 or 20 machines that they're all making money for you. So, I mean, it's not costing you any time, you know, because time is like something that you pay and share. Yeah, and just to touch on that, um, I'm talking again, but, uh, you know, if we have 20 machines, that's basically like 20 workers where we don't really have to pay them a salary because it's Ryan on electricity and it's a machine. So we could have 20 workers doing 20 different jobs, but if, you know, then if we wanted 40 workers, we would have to have a lot more revenue. But the same, the machines all cost the same price, and they're fairly cheap. So I mean, it's really easy to scale, as Thomas said, um, and it just makes it where we could go from twenty to forty to sixty to even, you know, maybe two hundred machines uh, in the future. Well, I guess the the real question you asked is like how we like enjoy our time, right? So I guess it's not not really any other way. I'd love to spend my time and definitely um, adding value to my mind and learning things. At this point, um, I could be spending my time doing other things like party, like you said, but that adds no value to your life in the end. And so, like, you know, I would look back, if I was doing that my whole college life, I'd look back and I'm like, wow, I wasted a lot of time. And I could have been doing what we're doing right now. So, like, I'm going to think myself down the road. I mean, kind of now, I'm, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm missing out, but not really. Yeah, and I'm a little older. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a little older, and I could totally, like, validate what he said because I, I partied a lot and, like, focused on other stuff. And, I mean, it was, like, good memories or whatever. But, yeah, now I look back on it, I do wish I could have used that time a little bit more effectively. And so that's why I'm proud to see these guys doing what they're doing. Do you all have anything else you want to add or...? I have one thing. So it's just what Thomas just said with uh, looking back on the time. So he looked back on his time and he has memories, which is really cool. You know, um, that's priceless. But I want to look back and be able to uh, have physical items and, you know, progress shown through um, the businesses that I've started, like, you know, whether that be cash or just, you know, a bigger business. Um, that's something that, you know, also can last forever, uh, depending on how you how you start it and how you finish it. Well, thank you all for taking the time to sit down with me. I'm sure you're all very busy with all your stuff, so thank y'all very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We'll post a link if you'd like to check out their website to learn more about Captive App. I'm Zach Call, and on behalf of myself and the rest of the class, I'd like to say thanks for listening, and a special thanks to Dr. Wood and the Honors College for facilitating this project. Be sure to catch our other episodes of Stuff OS You Should Know.